It's Bev Kalinka, co-host of Let's Save Thousands with Ed Kalinka. Hey, listen to our podcast that teaches you how to save money during the home buying and selling process. For most people, purchasing a home is the biggest investment they'll ever make. Here, we're motivated to help you make that investment easier and cheaper. On our show, we talk to experts on lending, inspections, personal finance, design, and more. So join us and save thousands. Welcome, everybody, to Let's Save Thousands. This is Ed Kalinka. And I'm Bev Kalinka. And this week, this is Let's Save Thousands Unhinged. Unhinged. (laughs) We're going to let loose on this one. That's it. Can you handle the truth? (laughs) Can you handle the truth? You know, we always take so much time interviewing people and giving our, our, our readers and our listeners information about what's taking place. And I thought it, it might be interesting to, Ed, interview you. What's happening in this crazy world of real estate over the past couple of weeks? What are the ahas, the OMGs, and the you can't make this S blank up? <laughs> so. Well, that makes me shudder inside. (laughs) One of the first things that comes to my mind is that when we have a transaction, there are just so many moving parts, so many people that are involved. And we have so many people on different levels in different emotional states. And what we as realtors do is encompass a great number of professions, if you will, you know, including uh, counseling. Right. I mean, I have my master's in psych, so I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, but, <laughs> but yes, we are, we are most certainly therapists first. Yeah, and it's a matter of being the eye in the storm, mm-hmm. because when some of these events occur, you know, buying and selling a home are emotional events, emotionally charged events. And most people, even though you can tell them, you know, selling a home is an emotionally charged event or buying a home is an emotionally charged event, um, it passes by. You know, people don't recognize it until they're in the throes of it. Right. And selling a home that you've been in for 20, 30 years where, you know, children are born or or people have passed away and, you know, so many memories have been had, you know, in that place, both the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you're wrapping things up, everything seems to have different meaning to different peoples at different levels of intensity. And it's just a matter of how that combines or interacts with all the other members who are involved with this, both the buyers, the sellers, the agents, the attorneys. Can I can I jump in? I, I, you're circling the wagon, I, I, and I know that we don't want to get specific, but you're touching on what is it that's happened that just has been so moving this past couple of months. I mean, the market's changed. So the, the market's changed. Attitudes for sellers and buyers have changed, but not that that not that great a degree i don't believe okay you know but you and i do business in different facets there are different elements we've got people who are looking to buy their first home we have people who are selling estate sales we have uh investor clients that are in the midst of trying to liquidate a property that they have had hostile tenants in Mm -hmm. uh we have 
situations that people already, before they even enter the transaction, have heightened emotions. And to try to quiet that, and also we then have to deal with the different personalities that attorneys have, dealing with different personalities that people in local municipalities have because we're dealing with the local authorities authorities or bureaucrats, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then you're dealing with title companies, insurance companies, and you're trying to balance all of these plates to make uh, a transaction uh, come to a successful close if that's indeed what the client wants. You know, because there are many times the client will vacillate between wanting the transaction and then being emotionally pushed to the, to the point or responding, reacting, and then saying, well, I don't care. I don't want to do it, you know. Um, so the aha is to try to maintain focus, maintain a positive mindset do those things that we've been trained to do in Mm -hmm. order to maintain a positive center Mm -hmm. uh, and then effectually translate that into speaking with our clients so we can get them to get to center to focus on what it is that their original goals were you know to focus on the goal not so much reacting to your interpretation or perspective of what that person or attorney or company said did or didn't do so that's a transference of feelings that you're trying to work with your clients so if you remain calm The idea is to make sure that they feel that calmness and and actually transfer that emotion. Right, and try to bring people back to center and Mm -hmm. to realize that there are different ways in which to handle different events and different different things that happen. Right. So, so we've moved around and around and around without getting into specifics. Right. Well, yeah. And and in this household we we removed the sharp instru- <laughs> instruments and we've padded the walls. <laughs> <laughs> And we, we, we've removed all, all mind-altering substances, <laughs> you know, so, so that we can focus on yeah. trying to do that which is proper. Right. You right. know, right. because, folks, things happen in real estate you just can't make up. Right. You, you can't. We have a, we promise we will have a book <laughs> by the end of the year that you'll be able to read it with specific examples that are going to share yeah. some of these things that we do not share. Yeah, and, and, and we chuckle about it a little bit just to keep it on the light side, but we understand that it's serious for for many of our clients that this is this is a very emotional emotional decision for them, whether it's like you like you mentioned, whether it's a, a client dealing with a tenant trying to evict a tenant um, that's taken over COVID's taken years. Right. Or, or, or a client that's, that's, you know, lost a partner and is, wants to sell and, and is just having difficulty and an emotional time making that transition. And, and people go through different stages of yeah. mourning. Yeah. You know, and people don't realize is that, you know, even though you're going through either buying or selling a house, life goes on for everyone else. Right. So, Ed, I want to just pivot a little bit. There's still out there on the social media um the doom and gloom of the 2006 through 2008 
you know, bubble's going to burst. This is it. Oh, my gosh. Chicken little. Um, and I know you've gotten a number of inquiries from clients uh, asking you about that, you know, what's taking place. Is, is there similarities? And can you expand on that a little bit? You know, you know, you people are being inundated with this. We understand, hey, this is an election season. You know, we understand that a lot of this stuff is political bantering. But many people don't. And once again, all the economic indicators that we see uh, do not reflect anything likened to 2008. And we've we've talked about this on the show before. Mm -hmm. When we look at the uh, real estate economists all show and state that we have the we as a country have the greatest amount of home equity than we've ever had before. Right. This is not at all similar to 2008. In 2008, we had a banking debacle. This was a banking debacle. They had uh, opened up the floodgates to give anybody. I would say with the pulse, but I don't think you needed a pulse to get a mortgage in 2006, <laughs> 2007. You know, you had so many new loan programs. We had banks at the time that were processing loans, you know, in five minutes, 10 minutes. Yeah. We had direct underwriting that came about that mortgage originators were able to really guarantee that loan with, the, you know, at the with a keystroke flips that would be taking place in a matter of 30 days increase double it, in price the appraisers just doing crazy yeah, stuff and so. and they don't there's just so many factors so much malevolence that was taking place mm -hmm. in the banking industry and people were taking advantage of that um, many of those programs uh, don't those programs don't exist today yeah you know the other thing is with over 30, 34%, just about, it's between 30 and 34% people in the United States own their homes outright today. That wasn't the case before. Right. People have learned from that debacle. So we have less home equity loans on property. We have more equity in our property. So it doesn't make sense to try to compare it to 2008 and yet people still do but what but you've heard some you've had some discussions you've heard some things about the looming well yeah because what happens once we had covid we had an unbelievable unbelievable spike in unemployment we had an unbelievable number of people who were really hurting you know people were unable to pay their mortgages well with progress people went into forbearance mm -hmm. uh, the greater lion's share of those people who went into forbearance have worked their way out of it mm -hmm. you know but what has happened is that since covid there had been a moratorium on evictions and moratorium on foreclosures um, and we had talked earlier a little bit about the problem with evictions you had a lot of mom and pop investors that owned a couple of you know two family houses or one family house here and there they've gotten decimated yeah they've gotten decimated uh, but they too majority have worked their way out of it so even though there are still you know great discrepancies uh, I had to effectively put my hand in the wound and reach out to an attorney that we worked with uh, in our banking days that 
uh, handles the evictions and foreclosures for uh, for banks to ask them, okay, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And he shared with me that uh, he's going to tell me what those people who are in the industry, who are in the know, who are able to reach behind the curtain to let it, let me know, let us know what really what's going on. And yes, there are a great number of foreclosures that are in the pipeline that haven't been perfected. Uh, and this is or may be more of an accumulative effect over the years because people haven't been able to to be foreclosed upon and the number of foreclosures has mounted over the last couple of years mm -hmm. it may seem like there is an abundance of foreclosures uh, because they haven't been able to be perfected in the last couple of years you know when we say perfected there's a number of steps that need to legal steps that need to take place in order to foreclose on people mm -hmm. there are, yeah. and you have a lot of people who uh, some you know may take advantage of it um, but even in the course of good times there are people who go into foreclosure you know and for unfortunate but valid reasons and we talked about that you know it could be death in a family it could be you know we've seen it where, where serious injury or health has affected people uh job changes you know where people you know are out of a position divorce uh, mm -hmm. divorce um uh, it, once again, there were just so many factors, but what was shared by this attorney, he said one of the key factors here is that when people get into denial, you know, people think, oh, they're in foreclosure, you know, they start getting the notice of foreclosure, they think they're going to be able to come back out of it, they're going to, to work it out, rather than talking to someone, to developing a plan, uh, so they can have an emergency exit plan where they can uh, save what equity that they have left, which is crucial. Right. So the, some, when you talk about a plan, an example would be either getting with the bank, doing some kind of loan modification if possible, or putting the house on the market and saving whatever equity you can get out of it before the you know, the longer it takes for the bank to come after you, the more the more charges there are against you. It's not just your monthly payments. It's going to be legal fees. It, they, I mean, everything starts adding up. The unintended consequences of delaying and being in denial are are are. are yeah. astronomical yeah. and have a tremendous negative impact yeah. have a negative impact on your credit which is going to inhibit you from refinancing yeah. which if you let this go it's going to inhibit your ability to purchase another property in the very near future uh, and so it's a matter of the suggestion to those people who are uh, having difficulty is to speak with a, a trusted advisor yeah. you know to, to speak with a uh, a, a real estate broker to speak with uh, an attorney, attorney yeah. to speak with an accountant mm -hmm. um, to be able to try to uh, get a roadmap to develop a plan for recovery yeah you know because you want to salvage you worked hard for this equity you want to salvage it right and the idea of just staying in the property and trying to uh, weather the storm before you're effectively able to safely parachute out 
doesn't make sense. And once again, if you're going to be working with a real estate broker, you're, you're looking to expressly have someone who's going to be your fiduciary that will hold your, conver- your conversation strictly confidential. Yeah. That's going to give you some sound advice yeah. uh, and help you develop a plan. And, and that plan should be first, let's see if we can recover this and show you how that would be possible. Right. And that would be, you know, first step is to work with the bank and try to work in, you know, something in forbearance. Right, right. So you don't see this looming nightmare of, of foreclosures coming down in the next year to two years that it's really there is some backup. A lot of it is just perfecting the foreclosure aspect of it for for lenders. And, and right now they're just everybody's just kind of in the queue. Right. You've got a, we have a backlog of a couple of years worth of normal foreclosures that are in the pipeline that might look, make it seem like there is so much. Got it. But it's just because if you were to average this out, it would be normal. It would be pretty normal. OK. okay. You know, so so I think you're uh, a lot of attention grabbing by these articles. Oh, gloom and doom 2008. Look yeah. what's happening here yeah. now. That's not to say we aren't in strange times, these are unique times. You know, we, we've got mortgage rates that have just increased. We still have problems with supply chain. We have problems with building supplies, building materials costing so much. Right. You know, we have the problem with, in the Ukraine. Uh, people are really, it's, it's a... COVID's still here. Yeah. I mean, we, we are still not necessarily out of the woods. Yeah. You know, so it's a matter of taking everything into consideration, taking a holistic perspective uh, and recognizing that we are where we are. I believe housing is the pricing is going to stay where we are. Mm -hmm. We still have many more buyers than we do in, you know, properties or people selling. Mm -hmm. The cost of materials are going up. So I don't see housing prices going down because you can't build a house for what you can buy one for. So to think that there's going to be this collapse like there was, we recall we we were in the midst of this, you know, people at the, you know, going to the closing table and all of a sudden you get the phone call saying, sorry, folks, we're not closing. The bank just shut down. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. You know, it was, it was frightening. Yeah. So, Bev, what's happening in the news that you'd like to talk about? So on Wednesday, the federal government offered up the opportunity for those that have student loans uh, to cancel up to $20,000 worth of federal student loans, which impacts millions of people. There are a couple rules with this, and uh, and New York Times had an excellent article. Um, It was published on August 24th by Ron Lieber and Tara Siegel Bernard. So if you get an opportunity, run to the New York Times, but they literally do the who qualifies for what on this thing. It's really good. Okay, which type of debts qualify? Only federal student loans are eligible. Uh, Private loans are not. Uh, Neither are the so-called FEEL loans, which stand for Federal Family Education Loans. Are parents eligible? Yes, federal federal parents plus loans are el- eligible. Uh, are gr- graduate student loans eligible? Yes, plus loans are also available for graduate students. If you didn't finish your degree, does it, do you qualify? Does this disqualify you? Excuse me. No, it does not. What's the first thing you need to do? There's a whole bunch of things that you're going to have to file and fill out in order to start the process. So 
it's just going to add a little bit of advantage for those first-time home buyers that have student loans. I mean, I know ten thousand dollars isn't a whole lot, but you know, it could be a hundred. It could be reducing your student loan debt by a hundred bucks a month. You know, so it may help your qualifying ratios if you go to purchase, right? It's going to help you pay your gas bill. It's going to help you pay your gas bill. It's going to help maybe put food on the table. Yeah, little every little bit helps. So I thought that was I thought that was pretty exciting. It, it, it is exciting. Uh, and another thing is there's also going to be some adjustments in how students can pay the loan back based mm-hmm. upon income, mm-hmm. and that is going to have a big difference for a lot of people. For those people who are making less than seventy seven thousand dollars a year right. or seventy five thousand dollars a year, uh, there could be an adjustment on paying payment of loans based upon their income, which might alleviate additional burden for them as well. Right. And this isn't a political statement here on, on our show. It's just merely saying, hey, this just got passed. Here's some of the details. Here's a source that you can go to to find out more. Google it. There's going to be other things that you can read to, to help guide you for those that haven't. You know, your kids may have student loans. Your grandkids may have student loans. You may still have student loans if you decide to go go back to school. So it's just just good information, and I was I was happy to see something. Yeah. In some relief. Yeah. On a local level. On a local level, what do we have going? So on a local level, the um, Cardinal Athletics Competition for Cheerleaders is looking for sponsors. Um, Our friend Beth Pacifico, whose daughter is a big cheerleader. um, And and what town is it? This is going to be in Pompton Plains, Pequonic Township. They have different programs, but I I think the the competition is, uh, it may be statewide. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have sponsorships, so you have the ability to have a sponsor. You can sponsor for a hundred dollars and have your name on on the T-shirts that are worn during the competition. Um, the second option would be to have a banner with your name and contact information. The third is having your name, number, and uh, contact information on T-shirts for the entire company. There's there's four options here. They run from a hundred to three hundred dollars. If you're interested, please reach out to us at info at kalinkateam.com and we will direct you to uh, to Beth so that you can get a form. You've probably got till the end of September, so definitely reach out to us. It's for a good cause, right? I enjoy the time in which we sponsor different teams. Yeah, it's fun. You know, it's great. You get to see the kids. It's for a good cause, and it's good fun. It builds, you know, community, teamwork, uh, and it's a win-win for, for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've uh, softball teams. We've coached. we sponsored. Baseball, baseball teams. Baseball teams. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it, it's always nice to, and and they're always appreciative. Every little bit helps, right? Because this is, so much of this stuff is volunteer. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, parents, uh, you know, people involved in the in the officiating, they, a lot of times these people are just doing that out of the love all of volunteers, the yeah. sport. Yeah. You know, and, and we loved coaching. And, uh, you know, I think we were both the recipients of, of being parts of, of teams and coaching mm-hmm. and uh, appreciative of those adults who, you know, when you look back, you savor that moment all the more because you realize how they helped really mold you to be the person you become. Yeah, yeah. So we think that's great. Yeah. So if you ha- if you have the wherewithal and you have time, you know, please consider it. Yeah, reach out to us. Yeah. Um, the second one's a little bit more dear to my heart. It's a Savior Day. It is the sixth annual Dina's Way. This is going to be for Dina Rigo. She passed away six years ago from cancer. 
all proceeds benefit Nothing Is Impossible Inc. org. Uh, it's located at the Black Bear Golf Club at Franklin. It's the date is Monday, September nineteenth. They are looking for sponsors. Sponsorship starts from a hundred dollars up. It's it's a golf outing plus lunch. Um, they've got longest drive. They've got hole in one. I mean, you got eighteen holes. They're going to have everything. Hole sponsors, right? Cart sponsors, right? Exactly. So, if you're all and a hundred percent of the proceeds go to charity, they don't keep anything. Again, this is this is a lot of volunteers, um, and this is a special event. So, reach out to us at info at team dot com or give us a call nine seven three two 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 nine two five seven and we'll direct you accordingly all right yeah and bev if people have questions or would like us to address anything real estate related how should they contact us so the easiest would be to email us at info at kalinkateam.com you can go on to our our podcast and post a question or where would they find our podcast, Beth? The well, podcast is going to be on Spotify, and it's Let's Save Thousands. And on, w- w- they can also go to letssavethousands.com? Right. Our website is letssavethousands.com, so you can either post up a question there, you can either email us or, or reach out to us via phone if you'd like. All right. Is that a wrap, Bev? I think so. So not too unhinged, right, Ed? Well, we tried to keep it close to the vest, so we, we, we didn't want them to get the padded cell ready for <laughs> us just yet. Listen, thanks, everybody, for listening to us, for allowing us to vent a little bit. And if you do send us a bill for this cathartic moment, <laughs> you know, we'll make sure to donate it to one of the organizations <laughs> aforementioned. And I think that's a wrap now. All right. Join us next week for another version of Let's Save Thousands. <laughs>